The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching! In this podcast, we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... I'm Toria Bono. I am a primary teacher in a junior school on the South Coast. I currently teach Year 4, and I'm also the host of the podcast Tiny Voice Talks. Lovely to be here. Hi, I'm Helen. I'm a teacher in Buckinghamshire, currently teaching reception and Year 1 children. And today we are exploring English learning outcomes with this week's folktale from Colombia. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for basket babies. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. And there are even some tips for telling the story yourself and a whole heap of resources to go with the lesson ideas we're about to discuss, Ooh, as well as any extra lesson ideas that we don't have time to fit in this podcast. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen and Toria and our baskets of babies here. And Toria, I'm going to start with you today for our English because um, you hinted that your English topic has um, a little bit of a connection to the PSHE we were looking at yesterday? Yes. So it was linked to something that Helen said. And I was thinking in PSHE, we look at who we've got, you know, in our Mm. family per se, and, you know, talking about the fostering and talking about adoption and so on. And I thought it'd be great to have a debate with sort of upper key stage two. Yes, ages seven to 11. Yes. Could you love a stick? If you were told it's your brother. Oh, good That's one. That's an interesting one. I, I can see both Helen and I started thinking about that straight away. <laughs> could we, could could we, we? love a stick if it was? <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, I thought it was fascinating because I thought in the story, the princess didn't blink. She was told that she'd given birth to a stick and she loved it mm. instantly. And I thought, well, the children couldn't necessarily relate to, you know, if it was your child, but they could relate to it if it was their brother. Little brother or Mm. sister, yeah. 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 So could you Mm. love a stick? And Mm. the reason I chose stick rather than puppy or kitten was the puppy or kitten be like a a dead set. Yeah. 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 Of course it (laughs) is. But actually, could you love and I thought it'd be really interesting to get them thinking about that concept of brother, sister, family. Mm. Actually, you know, could you love a stick? And I just thought it's a really good oracy activity. I think oracy all too often departs from English when you're getting into key stage two. And I think we need to get it back in there more. So a really good RSE activity, getting them to debate something along the lines of that. Yeah. And I think one of the most important things about having debates like that is that it encourages listening and interaction mm. um, and going off each other's viewpoint, which is which is how the world works. So we absolutely do need to have that in our in our classrooms. That could um, create some such interesting discussions, couldn't it? Just um, because it's like, as uh, we all sort of looked when you said the idea, we're like, oh, I hadn't actually Mm. thought of that before. So you're giving the children this quite strange concept. But actually, I think once they got into it, they'd bring some real passion into the discussion. 
mm. um, something that actually I kind of vaguely thought of just before we started recording, I think, slightly linked, but slightly not. Um, <laughs> I thought of the idea of giving maybe the younger children <laughs> or even older children an inanimate object for the, for the day to care for. Yeah. Um, mm. And just seeing if they could. And yes. How that felt for them. And <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting to see where that went. So it could be sticks, it could be a stone, you know, the little pebble to look after. Yeah, yeah that could be very interesting. Definitely. And I, I think as well with um with brother and sister, it, it's a it's a really good disconnect because we we, we probably don't really blink too much when um, the princess decides to to love this stick as if it were her child because she genuinely does believe it is her child yeah. and mm-hmm. we we do just expect parents to to look after their children no matter what you know shape or or however they they come out but yeah with a brother and sister it, it's it's slightly trickier isn't it there's not necessarily going to be quite so close a bond mm-hmm. because you're you're maybe not as responsible, I guess, is the is the reason perhaps. You know, we have things like sibling rivalry and so on, and it might be very easy to get jealous of a stick if it's getting um, more <laughs> attention than you are, I would expect. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that could be... Uh... The line that stood out for me in the story was when they, they'd they gone to the garden and they'd gone to the garden and the wife and, and the prince threw the stick and said <laughs> yeah. to, you know, puppy, go and play with your brother. It was yeah. that that really made my brain come alive with this whole, oh, my goodness, that would be an amazing thing mm. to debate. You know, but I do, I think it's a, a fascinating concept and I think it's also linked mm. in to actually that that whole thing about fostering adoption because fostering you've got the the mother father link with the foster child mm. coming in but you've also got you know brothers sisters yes, definitely. having to yeah. engage with a child that they haven't engaged with before so is it that you just instantly love that person because they've you've been told they're your new brother or sister or is it that that bond grows? So if I did have a stick, you know, it, it's that yeah. sort of thing about actually will the bond mm. grow? Yeah, and and it's also lovely being able to explore, again, as we do often in this podcast, how it, different opinions are okay. And you can yes. easily see how the dog and the stick probably did get on together like a house on fire, whereas the kitten and the puppy... Not so, much. Not so much. The kitten and yes. the stick. Well, I suppose the kitten could have used mm. it as a scratching post, but but still, <laughs> um, they probably wouldn't have had quite the same relationship. And all relationships are different, so yeah. And the kitten already had a complex because it was the second yes, child. Yes, it was the middle, middle child. child, yeah, as well. So poor kitten. <laughs> Gonna have a complex. <laughs> Several. Moggy in the middle. <laughs> did you have any other um, English? I, I did. That was just my very random <laughs> okay. one. So... Um, <laughs> These are less random. Um, I thought about a letter from the Mm -hmm. sisters because it's about that perspective. You know, if the the sisters wrote a letter to the princess, what was their perspective? What was it that was upsetting them? So actually trying to build up an understanding for the reader of why the sisters were acting in the way they were. Because often we see the role that they were as the role of Mm. the villain. And we feel no compassion with them. But actually, can we develop our children's compassion if they are then writing a letter to the princess, if, if we can actually get them to understand their point of view? And I thought that'd be really interesting mm. to, to get them to write a letter. 
Yeah, from the perspective of someone who's jealous, kind kind of having to explain where jealousy comes from. Yeah. Mm, and actually why it continued for so long, because actually the initial upset on their part was that she married a mm. prince. Yeah, that started off quite simply. But it continued. Yeah. It didn't dissipate. Mm. You know, they continued to be upset mm. with her. And actually, why did it continue for so long? Why could they not mm. get over it? And they really couldn't mm. until the very end when they were like, oh, you know, okay, we're not going to ruin our happiness at all. So we might as well just get over it. But I, I'm just, I was interested. Mm. Yeah, I'd be interested to develop compassion with them. And another thing that actually that slightly more complex, I think. So I think you're looking at this for very much year mm. six. But there was a really interesting, if you look at the story, there's a really interesting timeline going through it and a timeline that doesn't necessarily work if you're a very logical person. <laughs> I wondered if child. anyone was going to yeah. pick this up. <laughs> so actually, you know, when the second child was born, the first child was a young man. And when the third child was born, well, the second child was a young man, which potentially in my mind made the first child mm. an adult and made the gardener and his wife mm. quite ancient. And this is sort of linked to a maths activity that, as well, which we'll talk about at a later date. But I just thought there are ways of looking through the story and slightly changing the language so the timeline works yes, better. Yeah. As I say, it's a much more complex activity, but one in which it would be quite a nice challenge to set your year sixes, you know, is there sort of a difficulty with the timeline and mm. where does the timeline work well? Mm. What can you do with that? Yes, I, and I would also love it if you could discuss with the children why it might have been written the way it has been written and whether it makes the story yeah. better or worse to, to have it that way because I, I, I think it, it probably is a bit swings and roundabouts, but I, I know the reason why I chose to do it the, the way that I did. And I'd be fascinated to know, you know, whether children pick up on that or whether they, they actually think it works better if it's more logically chronological. So why did you why write did it? <laughs> because it's more repetitive. It gives you more of a chance to have right. the fairy tale feel, which is the feel right, of yeah. refrain, mm. um, to allow each child to grow up and have its own moment in the sun with the gardener and the gardener's wife and any siblings who are already there. Whereas if you kind of save it all together and then have them all grow up together, then yeah, they're they they don't have their own moment in in the, the spotlight. Yes. Does that make sense? Do, do you think it would have been better if we, um, we'd kept it a bit more logical? I don't know because actually, when you're saying that to me, I think what you're saying about the refrains etc makes complete sense. And actually, that that fairy tale structure works much better with the way that you've written it. But it doesn't work as well if you're coming to it with a very logical mm. brain. So I think looking at different genres and different text structures then is a really interesting one. So this is done in the fairy tale structure. Can we look at other fairy tale structures, etc.? Can we look at why this has been written in mm. this way? Okay, what other genres could we, you know, could we look at if it was written in a different text structure? What would it look like? So again, you know, the potential is immense for playing around with the structure of that yeah. story. Oh, yeah, I, I noticed the timeline thing, but to me, because like as we talked about, it's a slightly bizarre story. Um, it just kind of I went with it because because the whole story was a bit. <laughs> that would be an interesting thing to talk about with mm. the children. You know, does it? Yeah. What matters in stories and what doesn't? You know, what works and what doesn't work. I think that'd be a really interesting thing to explore with those older children. 
So in a way, you were almost like the princess being presented with the stick and being told, this is your child. You, know, you went I, with it. I think I was actually. I was like, it's fine. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm enjoying the story. But yeah. I think as well, that's really that's absolutely the early years yes. teacher. <laughs> the, because I think early years, they're not even going to notice it. Whereas yeah, I'm absolutely. year four and my year four children are suddenly going to go, on. Uh, Miss Bono, that means, I just say? Yeah. And I know I'm going to get that question. <laughs> Whereas my children absolutely So therefore, it, they won't be working out they the ages not. of anyone. <laughs> Would you know what? For the, uh, f- the those people who are um, listening to this um, and being able to watch the, the video, which comes out in the same week, um, will be able to go back and check. But I, I haven't actually, at the time of recording, performed this story for the video yet. And it's going to be done tomorrow with a group of year five children. So it'll be really interesting to see whether that comes yeah. up in the video. <laughs> yeah. Helen then, if we if we stick with our nice gullible four to seven year olds for a little while longer, what, what English <laughs> have you picked out for them? So I've got a couple. One is a bit of a bigger project and one is a bit of a shorter writing task. And as it happens, the bigger project does require a bit of that early years kind of, okay, let's go with it. Because mm-hmm. um, I thought <laughs> it, this would be one to do maybe before you've read the story okay and it would be to set the children up as a baby investigation task force obviously and through drama and and role play um you you set the children up with this this scenario that babies keep coming down a stream so you can do this (laughs) in any way you like and i do um you know i would clear a room and say to the children we need a stream so let's Mm -hmm. set up a stream together which my children do all the time i'll say we need a forest we need a woolly mammoth it was the other day and they just built one because that's what they do um so you could create a stream and you could say okay there's a bit of a mystery going on and i really need your help and then you set up the scenario you could have baskets with you they don't have to have a baby in the children are very good at imagining that and you have them coming down the river and say these you know there's a strange situation going on these babies keep coming down a river um and then the children's job is to investigate why and this is a way to bring writing very purposeful fun writing in so particularly particularly early years reception but it works very well with key stage one as well I would say I say it works never done this you may or may, may not <laughs> this is particularly um but it would work well with with key stage one as well um some very purposeful writing so we need to write down what clues we can see what do the babies look like is there anything in their basket that that might might give us mm. a clue and you've set all this up in any way you can what's great about an activity like this is each teacher can take it and make it what they want um mm. the baby you know the baskets could have a note in and it could be a bit of an ongoing drama for the children to to find out where these babies have come from and mm. and, and like i say you could take it you can just do it as a session and they can just write down some clues or you can get them mm. writing letters and sending them back up the river um that wouldn't work but you know somehow <laughs> oh, well then there you got a science investigation <laughs> there <building>. you go <laughs> and, yes and then you make yes brilliant link there and I thought you could just have some really purposeful writing come out of that and it's really creative and fun I haven't got in my mind a particular outcome but you could create the outcomes that you you wanted from that yeah, well, I suppose the outcome could be sharing the story, couldn't it? Could if you actually use the story as a, as a reward for their hard work here, then you've you've got an extra bonus because you've got something that's going to um, encourage them to apply themselves to that activity, mm. and then you're going to have um, the story that you can use as a launch pad into other activities. Brilliant. 
And so you've got a really, really <laughs> nice hook into the story there. I love the idea. I really, I just love it, <laughs> Helen. That's a great idea. I want to create that for my should. children. Yeah, I'm keen on just creating a mm. river in a room. Mm. Yeah, it's, I do. I do things like that a lot. I clear the, I clear the room, and we set something up, and off we it's go. Fabulous. And, um, I thought that'd be a good fun investigation for the children. Mm. And like I say, you could take it as far as you wanted, really. And you keep the river in your classroom all week. <laughs> Different things there come needs down. Needs to be more of that going on in Key Stage Two <laughs> classrooms, Toria. So, so start the trend. <laughs> so yeah, that that was kind of my longer kind of take it where you will activity and then a shorter writing activity mm-hmm. I kind of had this image of these babies going down in the baskets and that kind of uh, a, a lost uh, Paddington bear you know please look after this bear situation mm. so I thought the children could make mm. some you know if you if you imagine that actually the, the um, wicked wicked sisters weren't quite so wicked maybe they mm. didn't want the, <laughs> maybe they didn't intend the babies to um to meet the the crocodiles uh, perhaps mm. they could write some notes to go with them here's a baby, please could you do this and that and give it a home that has this in it, that has that in it and, you know, some nice, yeah. you could you could do some um, sort of descriptive writing around that. And again, I would, um, with my younger children, I would get them to actually write those on luggage tags and attach to a basket somewhere nice. and see if they get any replies. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas... Or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world, so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, the gardener and his family will help us teach maths. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! Cheerio. And And we we hope hope to hear hear your your story story soon. soon!